ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Well, the NBA season officially started on Tuesday, but we're coming at you on Wednesday. This is Hard to Paint. I am David Grubb, and I'm joined by my good friend, my brother from another, my man for more than 20 years now, the one and only Ronald Agers. And, Ron, we get to do this every year. We've done it on the radio. We've done it on the podcast, and we go through the season before it starts. And last year, you know, I just want to do this real quick. Last year, everybody said Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And you and I, we said, no, it wasn't going to work. And it did not work. <laughs> Everybody was talking Philly, Philly, Philly. And we said there was no way that that he could ever, that Ben Simmons could ever return to Philadelphia. It was not going to happen. There was no way. I don't think we could, I don't think we predicted that Boston would make the finals. I don't think we got that, That, but we, we, did, we knew the Knicks were not going to repeat their previous year when they made the playoffs. We were clear in saying yes. that that was a fluke. So we were at the top of the Eastern Conference last year. We were pretty dead on. I mean, I think I I, I think we both thought Milwaukee was going to repeat, but Milwaukee got sidetracked by injuries, and and that just it was too much for them to overcome down the stretch, um, and that's just unfortunate. But the Eastern Conference this year is very problematic because it felt like before the summer. The East was going to be good. And then folks got suspended for sexual harassment or whatever. And people got hurt. And people got arrested. And all kinds of stuff. So there is now a very clear separation in my mind from what is a very shallow elite part of the East and a bunch of other teams. Absolutely. And I was thinking about it getting ready for this podcast. And last year we said the winner of the NBA finals was going to be the team whose front office handled their business. Golden State Warriors did that. Now they have their problems this year, but we said that last year. This year, the champion of the NBA is going to be the team that stays out of the news cycle for anything other than basketball. The round circle thing that bounces, the, the rim, the what the hang of the net, the basic teams that are boring are going is going to be the ones that win the NBA title. What you talked about, what happened with Boston, which puts them basically as a play-in team because they're going to ask that same question. These distractions with Golden State, with Boston, Brooklyn, with Kevin Durant asking for his trade and Kyrie Irving just blowing Being- smoke to go to L.A. <laughs> These are questions that are going to be asking, they're going to ask every single game. These are distractions. This is going to be a long season. Like, we're probably going to both go and take a nap after this because we know how long the season is. The East, teams like Milwaukee, like you mentioned, like we haven't we, heard anything from them. You all heard you no see problem. out of Giannis is Giannis being nice and kind and, and working on his game, destroying people overseas, you mm-hmm. know. And that's, again, 
I think the Euros play so much into what's going to happen this season too, the European Championships. Because them dudes went over there and were playing rough. Yes. Guys went over there and got experience. A lot of young players like, um, you know, Franz Wagner yep. um, with, the, with the Magic and guys like that. You know, you had uh, Giannis and Jokic going one-on-one with each other and battling something you never see in the NBA. Hey, hey the Pelicans, Willie Hernan Gomez. Willie Hernan Gomez, the MVP of the whole tournament, and he's the Pelicans' 12th man. Yes. It's like I think that those are going to have an impact, not in injuries, because I think the East, the Europeans didn't come back hurt. But the no. Europeans come back is I think you look at the NBA now, and what's funny to me is at the top of it, all your best players, you could make the legit argument at this stage that three of the five best players in the NBA are foreign-born and probably six out of the top ten are foreign-born players at this stage. Because if we talk about the MVP race last year, it came down between Jokic and Embiid, both yep. foreign-born. The year before, it's Atatakumpo, who has two of them. Jokic got two of them. So these yep. two dudes, now, you know, the Doncic is right there. So that's four that we talk about already. And I mean, it's just, and those could be the very much, very well be the top four players right there in the league. And you could stop the conversation and you can say those are the top four. People will concede to Steph Curry because Steph won the championship. But yeah. if you, if you were taking anybody under the age of 30 and you were building a team, it's those four guys stop period pause, you know, with us. Let's put this in perspective. How 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 good that tournament was over the summer. Dennis Schroeder got a contract. Dennis Schroeder was not going to get signed by an NBA team this year, and he played very very well in that tournament. And it and, and up until he got injured and has an injured finger, he's going to be out for four to six weeks. That was a good pickup for the Lakers. He, I mean, if he'd have played the way he did during the tournament over the summer. The World Championships. Hey, you know something? The Lakers would not be as much as, as much gloom as doom as they are in now. But yes, you're absolutely right. Right, Luka Doncic is going to get better with Jason and uh, listening to Jason Kidd another year. And Luka's in shape now. You starting to see that fat go away from Luka, mm-hmm. and he was balling. He, he, I mean, he was fit and he was arrogant as he as he always is. But there seems to be Luca is, is he's feeling himself, dude. I think Luca's like, I'm ready. He got he dragged them dudes to the Western Conference Finals last year, and they are better. I think they are better than they were last year. I think but we'll get into them. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but his early career defining moment was that game seven against Phoenix. He might have put Phoenix, put the Phoenix Suns out of business for a championship uh, championship this year. They have they have not recovered from that. I don't. I'm not hearing Chris Paul and Devin Booker and everything. They have problems further along than their owner, DeAndre Ayton. Is he going to be able to play? Is he going? Is he going to get over the fact that they did not give him the max deal and he had to negotiate for it? Is he going to get over being benched by Monty Williams in that game seven seven blowout? If they figured out why they got blown out by 30, no, blown out by Luka Doncic in and, the first in the first. And I mean, and then, you know, you still have to deal with the fact that Chris Paul at this stage in his career is maybe the greatest regular season elevator mm-hmm. that you can find, but his body breaks down in the postseason. He can't give you two consecutive good games. 
But we will get into that. Let's we'll get deep into all of that. I want I want to run through this and organize because if we let it go, you and I have a conversation. We'll be here till tomorrow morning, quite yes. literally. And I'm not joking if I say that. It would be a eight or nine hour conversation just on every team as we go through it. So I'm gonna try to narrow it in. But clearly, the four best teams on paper in the in the East. We're talking Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly. To me, of those four, it's clearly Milwaukee is number one. Philly, to me, is number two, just because of the, there's basic continuity there, and there seems to be a commitment. Um, I would say Brooklyn is three because they're relatively healthy now, but that's only because Boston is not healthy, and they don't have a coach, and they have all these other morale problems going on, because I still think Marcus Smart is in his feelings about some things, and I think that because I don't think he feels like he's respected, even if they give you the check, I don't think he feels like he's respected in a way that he should be. I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to make it real difficult for Marcus Smart, because Malcolm Brogdon is going to take a lot of attention away from him, and I think Jason Tatum in the playoffs, he has a lot to work out after you turned it over a hundred times, the first player to turn it over a hundred times in the postseason. And you just, you look like a team that still played a tremendous amount of isolation basketball. And now you have no one in charge of that offense. Well, let's go into Brooklyn real quick. I don't, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So we have to remember Kevin Durant said, I wanted to be traded. Mm -hmm. So if he did not, if he wanted to be traded, and he hasn't even – we haven't even started the four-year, $198 million contract yet. We haven't even started. This is NBA history. Right. He does not trust somebody in that organization, be it – Yeah, he and Josiah. Um, Josiah, albeit uh, Sean Marks. And if he doesn't – and if he doesn't trust Steve Nash, I'm here to say I agree with him. But the fact that – That's what he asked for. <laughs> it may be what he asked for. But you know something? I think the problem now is we have to look at Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is going to have to grow up. Yes, we know he can dribble. He is a great player to watch one-on-one. It is nice. But can this guy run an offensive set when it matters in the first round? Can this guy stay healthy and play class 62 games? I mean, you can't be talented if you're not on the floor. You can't be talented if you're not on the floor by half the games blowing up the chemistry of your team and then pointing at everybody else except yourself. He is not a leader. Talent is not enough to make it in this league. you got to be a professional as well. And that's the same reason I have an issue with the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden is basically the same guy as Kyrie Irving. All the talent in the world all the money in the world, all the accolades. But after May, can we talk after May? Can you run an offensive set? Can you cut? Can you play defense? Can you can you stop um, making egregious defensive mistakes? Or more importantly, can you stop being tired in the last five minutes of a four-quarter game of a closeout? These are the problems. That's why Milwaukee, we don't have these problems. Drew Holiday is going to play hard. Brooke Lopez is going to play hard. Chris Middleton, Giannis. Bobby Portis. Go down the line. Bobby, Port Bobby Portis won't allow anybody I to take Bobby a night Portis. off. So 
I think we have, we're, we're now getting away from the big three and talent and skipping steps to win a title to the point of where everybody has to do, has to do their roles at the right time to win a title. The Boston Celtics were more talent or more talented team than the Golden State Warriors last year. But after game three, the Warriors figured the Celtics out. Celtics and is not Celtics a smart basketball no team. They had nowhere else to go. They knew what offense they were going to run. They knew what defense they were going to run. We say this all the time on your platforms, David. Everybody can be talented, but you also have to know how to play basketball. The Golden State Warriors are always going to be contenders as long as they help stay healthy because they have a system. They have three versions, and they run it right every single time, and they play defense. Because it wasn't decided. The finals weren't decided by shooting. Steph Curry didn't have a great shooting finals. Jordan Poole mm-hmm. didn't have a great shooting finals. Klay Thompson, they had individual games where they shot the ball very well. Mm-hmm. But the Celtics decided that finals because they turned the ball over so much as a group because they couldn't get easy baskets ever. The Celtics could not get easy baskets ever. Their best interior defender, now the guy that you loved last year in the playoffs, who I thought earned himself a lot of money, Robert Williams third, And the Celtics pushed that man, and now he's hurt for this season. And you know the history in Boston. I think that has something, too. Because if you're Robert Williams, you saw what they did to Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas yes. tweeted about it this summer. It was like, see, you can't listen to these people. They don't have your interest at heart. So if you have all of these things going on, you have Emi Udoka who's sitting outside the building for a year. And what does that mean internally? Because if I'm listening to this assistant coach, do I ever, unless the Celtics are going to resolve that situation with Udoka, he's a cloud looming over the franchise for the whole yes. thing. They signed Gallinari. He tears his ACL. He's gone for the year. Yeah. So you were looking for some more perimeter scoring from your front court. Well, you lose that because now you don't have Gallinari. I, and, I, and now you've put Jalen Brown, I think, continually, even though I think they figure themselves out defensively on the floor, I think there's still a thing where Jalen Brown has to look at Jason Tatum and say, dude, you got to pass the ball better. Yeah. And, then they, and and I think that he failed a lot. The thing for Jason Tatum, for me, that he failed that, he didn't show a lot of toughness at times in the finals by creating offense easily. This is a six-foot, ten-inch Jason Tatum. He is not 6'7". He's not 6'8". He is 6'10 and long and athletic. All those things that you would be prototypical, you know, like he's he's longer than Paul George and Paul George plays power forward at times. So you're talking about a a Jason Tatum who should be able to get into that that area that we're talking about with Kevin Durant or Brandon Ingram uh, with the Pelicans or other guys who know how to play in that mid-middle post and create mm-hmm. offense for other people and get easy buckets. I don't see that from Jason Tatum. I still find him to be a very inefficient scorer, and I don't think he's the leader that you need for this team. I don't know who the leader of the Celtics truly is because Al Horford is their senior citizen, but he's getting Al older. It's not the leader of that team. Who's the? Le- I don't know who's in charge in Boston, and I think that that's a problem, a big problem for that team. And like you said, with Brooklyn. Right, we still you still if you're depending on Ben Simmons like that that to me is like you're and and I don't just because Ben Simmons is a very good defender which he is even if you're getting that we saw in the Boston series this is the this is the only team last year that got swept in the playoffs in the entire playoffs the Nets mm-hmm. were the only team that got swept and there's a reason because of that they are still not great in the front court as far as defense 
goes. Especially center. And they have no center. And absolutely no center. And Kyrie has never been a defender. And Kevin Durant is on the back end of his career. So the, the years when he was a contender for defensive, you know, all defensive teams with, go, with Golden State, those are in the past. So I don't see – you have to be a top five defense in the NBA to win a championship. I don't see how Brooklyn is a top five defense. But you have to have a system. Like, what system do they have? I mean, I covered the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what I knew. I knew they were in trouble two games in. Because I said, what offense are they on to run? Okay, what defense are you running? I mean, you know what Golden State is going to run. And if you only have one version, good teams, when you're getting around the conference finals and the finals, they're going to take your best assets from you. And again, when you're talking about Jason Tatum, it's kind of shocking in a sense because what the Golden State Warriors did to him, the Boston Celtics did to Kevin Durant. You've got to have, a, again, a level of toughness. Everybody has to buy in. He got out tough by Andrew Wiggins. Okay, a yes. dude that two years ago we would have said Andrew Wiggins was soft, right? His reputation around the league was that he was soft. Andrew Wiggins took Jason Tatum out of games. But you know something? Again, the culture, and we talked about that culture. They are All the teams we're talking about that we do not – are non-believers are the ones that do not have the strong front office, the ownership group with a plan, have a coaching staff that is strong, head coach all the way down to the assistant coaches. You have that leader. You have that locker room leader. I mean, do we, we, we haven't even mentioned the Miami Heat yet. We already know they're going to go to probably the Eastern Conference Finals next year, and they handle their business. Okay, you know something? We're going to get Tyler Hero. We're going to get that locked in. He's, he's gonna, we know you're going to be here. Go to work on your game. Now mm-hmm. he's behind Jimmy Butler working on his game uh, in all season. He looks now very good likes. in the preseason. I saw yes. him play. He looks very good. And he looks strong. He looks in that weight room. And they brought Udonis Haslam back again. Why did he bring him back for his 20th season? Because they know he is going to keep the message of Mickey Arison, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster. If the man would fight Jimmy Butler on national television to say, you better get your mind right and look who you're talking to. They have a strong culture, and they know you're going to be in shape, you're going to play hard, or you don't play. A lot of teams in the NBA, and I mean probably to the point of 15 to 20, do not have that strong mentality to go 82 games. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, NBA is not hard. the NBA is not hard to read. No, and, and this year in particular, I don't think you can take any t- games off because with the play-in, I think this will be a, a, a year with both conferences are very close to each other, and so teams mm-hmm. need that home court advantage. You don't want to be on the road in game seven. So like you said, you look at Philly, and the problems I have with Philly is not that they're not talented. I love Tyrese Max, but mm-hmm. I don't love P.J. Tucker anymore. He's too old. He's been beaten up. He doesn't. He did not shoot the ball well all last season. And if P.J. Tucker can't give you value as a shooter and he's an undersized defender who's taken a beating, he doesn't have the same strength, he doesn't have the same skill as he did two years ago when he was with Milwaukee. He's just not that guy. Montrez Harrell, there's a reason that he keeps getting moved around. You know, he's an effective player statistically, but he keeps getting moved around. Why? Because, he, like you said, he gives up points defensively. He can. He is a bench player who can give you points and rebounds statistically, but if he's the center – that means you have a problem if you don't have other good defenders around him. The Clippers could cover that for him because they were an overall very solid defensive team. But if you're playing him behind Joel Embiid as your backup center, 
that's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Matisse Tybal, I like Matisse Tybal. Tobias Harris, I do not like Tobias Harris because Tobias Harris never comes up and the, as far as relative to his financial value. He is not mm. producing for you at that level. And then you still have to question Doc Rivers, who hasn't been back to a final since he left Boston. And he brought his own level of distraction. He brought his own level of distraction that we're not going to mention on this podcast. So, I mean, these are just small things. After a while, you have to be a professional. In other words, you know, you know the season's coming up. This is not the time to start uh, starting fights or being on social media or picking beefs or even better yet, your franchise trying to sell trying to sell wolf tickets on how good you're going to be when everybody can tell you don't have the resources, you don't have the assets to get better, you're going to end up getting worse. So, I mean, in the era of new media, and I feel that we're part of that, um, it showed a lot with the Kevin Durant situation, the Russell Westbrook situation, uh, dealing with Anthony Davis. It's always if and then when. Mm-hmm. We don't have problems with it with championship teams. No. We know if the Golden State Warriors stay healthy, they're going to be, we're going to see them in general. If Milwaukee stays healthy and if Chris Middleton gets his knees straight, and he can stay healthy and close out some games. The Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to the NBA Finals, and good luck trying to unseat them. The other teams just have questions and pretty things to say on Twitter. And it's just really, really fr- – it's been a frustrating time for me listening to certain things like that because we knew Kyrie Irving was not going to leave the Brooklyn Nets. Why? Not that money. He wasn't going to leave that money on the active. table. And he wasn't going to leave that money on the table. No, he, and on top of that, the first thing he's going to want as soon as he get off of any airplane, airplane is a max deal. No one's going to give him a max deal. And if he doesn't get that max deal, what's he going to do? I don't understand the whole Kyrie for MVP thing. I'm like, this is insane, the thought that there are people thinking he can beat, win the MVP this season. I don't get it. Kyrie, Kyrie treats basketball. And I say this with all due respect to Kyrie Irving, who is one of the most talented players we've ever seen, ever. There's no question about that talent-wise. Kyrie plays the game as an intellectual exercise. He is trying to master the skill of basketball. And that is fine, but the NBA is not about the mastery of skill. The NBA is about winning championships. See, there's they're two different and, – and you can be the most skillful player. There are plenty of people who have been extremely skilled. Pete Maravich was extremely skilled, but I, I would never categorize him as somebody who would die for a win. You know what I'm saying? Like that. You know, you're being kind to Kyrie Irving. I was going to say hobby. You know, I, 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 but I think he he views basketball as something that you pursue it as a skill set. I want to be a virtuoso of this. And then also, but he also thinks of himself as this Renaissance man and free thinker. And that's fine. I don't, I'm not, I don't care about that. But on Mm -hmm. the court, what I'm worried about is, dude. I don't think this means as like you just saw the Redeem team. Everybody's watched the Redeem team documentary and seen that level of competitiveness. Like they talk about the way Kobe Bryant comes in and you hate to keep using Kobe as a standard. But when we're talking competitiveness, that's what we have to do. That's the that's the modern thing. Before we would have been talking about Bill Russell or Michael Jordan or whomever. But the recent standard for excellence is Kobe being Bryant. So if we set that and we say that this man walks in the building and from day one, he's the first one in the workout. He's the one saying we're going to set the tone on defense. I'm going to run through Paul Paul Gasol's chest and that's my friend. And I'm going to do all these things. Powell is my brother. 
and I'm going to do this, that, and other, and I'm willing to do this for the win. I'm going to dive on the floor. I'm going to be this. I'm going to, when the game was on the line, when the gold medal game is on the line, who did they turn to? That's not Kyrie Irving. Well, That's I not Kyrie say, Irving. I think it's something he does to pay the bills. And yeah. I think it's a hobby. I think it's a, it's a, it's a high, it's a well-paying hobby. I think a lot of players, especially with Kobe um, passing, passing on, they use mama mentality like a lot of people use the words at the end of the day. Yes. It's really cute to say. It really is. It's nice and everything. But are you willing to pay the price of getting up at 4.30 in the morning? Like you said with the redeem team, he was lifting weights, getting ready and in a sweat. Are you going to play with two broken fingers? Are you yeah. going to go out there with a dislocated pinky on your shooting hand and still have to put up 25 shots and grab double-digit rebounds even though you know your shot's not going in? Like, it, it, Are you willing to do those things? I don't think we're ever going to say that about Kyrie Irving, and that's he will Same. go down as one of the most skilled players we've ever seen, but I don't view him as a champion. Just because you got a ring don't make you a champion. You feel me? You you know what I'm saying? There are dudes who got rings walking around these streets. Yeah. And you know, don't another, let's that go shit. further than that. You convinced Kevin Durant to come to Brooklyn. You convinced James Harden to leave Houston and come to Brooklyn. He could have went to Philly early. Let's be clear. Like you're convincing people. In other words, but James Harden could have gone to Chicago or something like yes. that. James Harden could have been anywhere where anywhere. he could with that had the potential to help him win. And we sat there and said it last year before the season even started. There is no way this man is going to sit at home while his teammates are running up and down the court doing suicides and athletes that play, play basketball or football or whatever. They understand. All that offseason work, you are doing all that uh, training camp work, all that running, and then you're getting on that plane, flying all over the country, and then he shows up after the All-Star break, asking like everything is everything. The only thing that we got wrong in that scenario, we thought it was going to be bench players. Yeah. We didn't think it was going to be James Harden that was doing that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be lead, lead, it's got to be leadership here and whatnot. But I will say this about the, the Eastern Conference. Watch out for these two teams, the Cleveland Cavaliers and especially the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, we're going to have to argue about the Cavs for this for one second. Because here's my problem with the Cavs. I loved the Cavs last year. Mm -hmm. I loved watching the Cavs last year. I am not a Donovan Mitchell fan. You know this. We've talked about this before. I've told you. I think Donovan Mitchell, the comparisons to Dwayne Wade are ridiculous. Because, Dwayne, again, it's about the competitor. I have not – Donovan Mitchell is a scorer. He is not a defender. He is a terrible defender, in fact. He is a terrible defender, both on ball and in space. He's not a distributor. Dwayne Wade could run your offense for you, could he not? Yes. When, yes right? And he did and he did during the LeBron era. He, he did. And he was right? he, he, very, there were very many times that Dwayne initiated offense for, for the Miami Heat. And before LeBron came when they won the championship, who was the point guard when it was when it was time to, to I mean like yeah yeah they had Jason Williams and they had Gary Payton but when it was time to with the ball in the hands they went to Dwayne <laughs> Shaq told him okay over, please Donovan Mitchell has enjoyed the benefits of getting to shoot the ball as much as he wants and having other people do the dirty work in Utah a lot of dudes who did the dirty work not just Rudy Gobert who he got beef with but again I would say this. 
There's a reason that Rudy Gobert's value is higher to me than Donovan Mitchell's. There's a reason Rudy Gobert has two Defensive Player of the Year awards. There's a reason that you look at the statistics and it shows that if they they could play without Donovan Mitchell, but they couldn't survive a week without Rudy Gobert. Now you could you could say that he could get played off the floor, but we could also talk about the fact that the reason you get your your big man played off the floor is because your guards don't defend anybody on the perimeter. Okay, oh, there's man. a big reason on that, and so I think Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you had to do something with the sex, you know, with the sex land group and break them up because it just it needed to get broken up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's good for a guy like Evan Mobley, who I think is the guy that you should be building around. Who I think Evan Mobley is the guy that's the generational player on that group, even above Darius Garland. I think Mobley's the guy eventually who's going to be the star. And you already have Darius Garland, who is a high-volume, undersized scoring guard. So you bring in a guy who's going to be a high usage, mid, mid-level mid shooting as far as his numbers go in efficiency, and who's not going to defend for you in the East, and you don't have a backup guard who I think will be able to play defensively. I think their front court is really good. Their front court is mm-hmm. really good defensively. Yep. But I think that backcourt is going to shoot them out of games, particularly because I think Mitchell and Garland are not going to fit right. That's for the, for the reasons you just mentioned. Evan Mobley. I his score him. on both ends. He I got a post move. In other words, he doesn't have to work as hard to get, to get his shots off taking difficult shots. Everybody knew Rudy Gobert could do two things. He can do the alley-oop off the pick and roll, and he can get an offensive rebound and put the ball back in the basket. Now, if you get him, if you get him in a post post situation, we all get back and watch the popcorn and watch the watch the disaster happen. That's the difference between the, that's going to be the difference. I think Donovan Mitchell knew that. Also, Michael Conley Jr. I'm sorry, he's too old. It's but over. before before Conley it's, got there, Donovan Mitchell has over. Donovan Mitchell's same is Donovan Mitchell not the same player essentially as he was when he was a rookie? No, because right now he can't move at this point in this day. I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. I'm saying is Donovan, Donovan Mitchell his game? Is it the same game essentially as he was? I when don't he was think a so. I don't think so. I think he made a jump in the bubble. I think he got disinterested. I think he. I guess he. Got, I think he got disinterested and he started losing trust in the organization. Going forward, he knew. I think everybody knew that Utah was not going because you know. So I got caught in it too. You watch the regular season, and you know, some this team really can do some things. They run off tennis twelve. No, I thought the well once they gave away once they gave away um, Bogdanovich and Harris, that was the end to me. That was the end for for. Uh, I mean, you know, when you talk about giving away their the perimeter guys, they they started changing the perimeter guys, and I think that that screwed it up. They stopped being as good defensively, and the message got old. All those things happen. Absolutely, but, and I think and I think Quinn Snyder really had run his course. How long? And he I, well, he realized it. He's the one who walked away. I think, and I yeah, think so, so. he was ready to go. He he and he, didn't Quinn essentially say that this group was? And Danny Ainge said it himself. They weren't. They weren't a team. And I think no. Donovan Mitchell was lying when he comes out and says Danny Danny Ainge don't know. Danny Ainge knew. Now yeah. I mean, we could question a lot of Danny Ainge's decisions over the years. We can question a lot of them. But the dude's been in good locker rooms. He's been in bad locker rooms. He's won championships. He's put together a championship team before. I think yeah. the man is knows when a team is at least disconnected or not. He may not know how to fix it, but you know a bad locker room when you're around it. Okay, and you know something? I will say this. A lot of times you we we have we will go back and forth on on a subject. But let's take a look at Donovan Mitchell this year. 
Okay. Let's see under a different over under a different voice, different organization, better players. Better players that are up and coming as opposed to declining. But I, now, I just hope we will see. We will definitely see because during the, during the regular season, he's going to get his 24, 25 points. His money and his reputation will be built in the postseason. If he wants that Dwayne Wade reputation, he got to vary his game up. He can't be taking nine threes every night. And, and tr- I don't because, think he will do it. And that's the thing. I don't think he will. Because, I, really I mean, I think, think you know, and we saw with Cleveland, what they do so well is get out and run. Right. And they ran because they played such good defense with Jared Allen and with Mobley. Those dudes cover right. a lot of space. Yes. Those are rim protectors. Those are lane deterrents. And, and I think, you know, both of them could make all defensive team this season. It's potential. You know, they have that kind of potential. Um, Atlanta, I'm with you on Atlanta. I love DeJounte Murray. I love that addition because you put a defensive guard next to Trey Young, who will never be a great defender. So you mm-hmm. put a guy who is an elite defender and who can mm-hmm. still create his own shot next to him. And then on top of that, I think you've made it easier for that front court. Um, if you can get a healthy DeAndre Hunter for a full season with yes. Clint Capella, who knows his role and again protects the rim, and John Collins, if you just ask him, John, John, do the things you do, get in the dunker spot, finish there, click, you know, pick and roll, get your lobs, and work, keep working on that three from the corner. And if John Collins can, you know, becomes an effective corner three point shooter, then yeah, I think the Hawks can get back into the top four or five in, in the East. And I think John Collins also is going to be going to take a leap ahead because you know something, those those rumors of being traded are going away. In other words, it's all it's not easy playing basketball when you have this idea of man, maybe they don't want me. And if they don't want me and they're trying to send me to a to a to a team that I don't want to be, am I gonna try as hard? Am I gonna be am I worried about being healthy and whatnot? Because he wasn't healthy all last year. So he's not gonna really put his body out, in my opinion, put his body out. He just wants to see what's going on because basketball is a business. And we talked about the Isaiah Thomas factor. But now that he believes that, hey, you know something, I'm gonna be here. Uh, they want me here. The franchise player I'm close with with in Trey Young. We got DeJounte Murray, who, who I'm gonna tell you something. He is going to take a major step up, getting out of the handcuffs of the Popovich system. And he's already been an All Star in the West. Yeah, like this is dude already been an All Star in the West, but they got nothing but guards. Mm-hmm. Every team got point guard in the West with an established coach in Nate McMillan, who I love. Yes, I love Nate McMillan, too. He's one of my favorite coaches in the entire league, and I don't say that just because I know his son and I like him. Um, the Miami Heat, um, like we said, we, I think that they will win games. I, I think that they can beat people. I think what he, the, the key for Miami is how good is Victor Oladipo. Because health if, is going to be important. It's going to be very important. If Victor's uh, not so, healthy. Jimmy Butler, too. Jimmy, yeah. Because Jimmy has played a, a lot of, of minutes. Jimmy and Jimmy's played – Ever since the bubble, he has not been the same Jimmy Butler. Well, I mean, he's, he's got like, – he, he tries to coast along and everything. In other words, he's trying to save his body. Yeah, for the postseason. He's, he for really tries to pace himself for the playoffs. But I don't think it's, I don't think the uh, East this year you can afford to do that. There's not going to be any nights off in the East or the West. Mm-mm. That's why everybody's excited about this season. So There are only three have- teams really, you know, in the NBA that, are, that we would say are, are not competitive – this yes. year, you know, and we and we'll get to those, but yeah, that it's it, like you said, everybody today, 
outside of those three believes they have a chance to. And because it's 10, because it's 10, because two thirds of the damn league makes the postseason. Yeah. There's no reason for people not to try to make it. And I think where Miami is going to struggle a little bit, um, they really need to get a, a center. I mean, they are working Bam out of Bayou a lot. He initiates the offense. Yes. He has to anchor the defense. Yeah. He is running up and down that court something fierce. Well, they, they did. I think Hartenstein is a huge addition for them. I think he's he's very dude, that dude, I think he is a slept-on player. I think Isaiah Hartenstein, that dude is is very important for them. I, I think their biggest problem is still point guard. Because I, I mean, you, I don't want Tyler Hero if I'm them playing nearly as many point guard minutes as he does, and I think Kyle Lowry is washed. Kyle Lowry, we're, we're gonna see, we're gonna see opening night. We will see opening night because let's be let's be honest. Last year he was out of shape, and I'm yeah, not talking about but you ain't supposed I'm to be out of shape. Miami, about- but I'm not talking about this Miami shape. And then there's the NBA shape. He was fat for he fat wasn't it either. Yeah, he was fat for fat. Yeah, so we already knew what it was. And listen, when Pat Riley said Kyle Lowry needs, he knows now what he has to do for next season. That is code for, look, bruh, this ain't it. We're paying you a lot of money. You better get your butt in shape. And that means right after I leave this exit interview with you, you talk to the media and then you go run a couple of laps. And you can go walk if you want to. But when you start, when you get tired of walking, you need to run a little bit more. That's what Pat Riley is saying. I mean, hey, his his uh, his uh, athletic regiment for the, for that team is legendary. So I mean, we it, will see. We're gonna see. We'll see in his uniform if he's ready. I think they're gonna. Have, I think Miami's gonna have going to be looking at some point for some backcourt help. I think I think they have to find somebody, and I think you have to find a way to to play Jimmy Butler at fewer minute, minutes at the three spot too, because mm-hmm. I think he's starting to, look, like you said, he's played probably more minutes than anybody not named LeBron James in the yeah. last, uh, well, probably he's probably more than LeBron actually because of the games LeBron's missed over the last few years. So I would yeah. say Jimmy Butler is probably the number one player in minutes in the league over his last 10 years. I, and, I would, always I, remember, and always remember, he played twice for Tom Thibodeau. So you can guess guaranteed Forty-five minutes a night when he was when he was playing. And them the hard minutes, boy. Them hard minutes. Them grind yes. out the clock minutes. They made yeah. cheap minutes. Now uh, we didn't talk about Toronto yet. I want to get into them. The Raptors are always confusing uh, because they are so freaking talented. Scotty Barnes is a dude that could make a jump this year. Yeah, love Scotty Barnes. You want to see Pascal Siakam get back to that that arc that he was on. And OG Ananubi is one of those guys, again, that you look at him and you're like, this dude has all the skills. Can he put it together? Chris Boucher, one of the better shot blockers in the league, but he yeah. needs to fill out some. They have yeah. all the bounce. You got a guy with a lot of guts. This is a team that has guys who've already won a championship. You got a guy with Fred Van Vliet, who I think is, is still the key, the heart and soul of that team. And Nick Nurse is a very good coach. I'm but saying, it just feels like something is still missing in Toronto. I'll tell you, you know what it is? It's Pasco Siakam. See, when he signed that that big deal, sometimes players will go, hey, man, I, I got to live up to this deal. I, they're giving me this Kawhi money. I got to fill his shoes. And he psyched himself out. And then he, he got so – he put so much pressure on himself, he became a detriment to himself. And then – when the coaches started to coach him and say, listen, this is what you need to do. 
he 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 lost it a little bit and then started getting into it with his coaches. So if he wants to be the face of the of the franchise and not Fred Van Vliet, if he wants to be the guy that's on the marquee, if he wants to be the go-to guy, he's gonna have to understand, and I say it sometimes as a NASCAR term, sometimes you gotta slow down the speed up. Take a look at what you're doing. Look in the mirror. In other words, are you defending the way you were when Kawhi was there? No. Were you efficient, taking good shots when Kawhi was there? No, you weren't. Are you looking to get your teammates involved? I mean, seven for 26 for 19. I think they're going to run a lot of offense to Barnes now. They're going to run that offense to Barnes. He's the point forward for this team you know, and going to be the primary uh, initiator. And I think you can still initiate with Ananobi too at times too, because he's, he's good at breaking people down. And of course, Fred is that dude you're going to have it at the end of the clock. I think you're right for them, for Siakam, make it simple for him again, get your buckets on the offensive end. Don't worry about creating for other people, but get yeah. your buckets in the floor of the offense and go back to being the guy who gets 10 rebounds, you know, on some nights, you know, getting them seven to 10 boards and becoming an elite defender again. Cause I think if he's that, yeah, then the Raptors could end up as a top three team. Yes. Because Nick Nurse will find a way to find a system, find a niche to make everybody better. He's one of the best, he's one of the best uh, scheme coaches in the NBA. And I mean, it's not even close. And they I mean, have look a look legitimate what he did, look what he did against the, in the NBA finals. Like he came up with a who does a box one in the NBA and get it to work against Steph Curry. So Nick Nurse knows what he's doing. It's just the players have to buy into that system. They have to do – they have to understand that whatever role I'm doing, no matter how small or how big it is, A, it's part of the bigger picture. And the and, and we're, we're building this something greater than stats. Greater – we're building this something greater than getting on Sports Center or on Twitter with a, on social media. We're building something that can be sustained over debt over four or five years, not as, as opposed to just one year. Now we got a bunch of candy teams to talk about. And I call them candy teams because they can give you they can be entertaining, they can feel good, you know, to to watch, but they don't do nothing healthy for you, which uh, you know, at the end of the day. And I start with the Chicago Bulls. Um, Zach Levine is one of the most entertaining players in the league, but I don't I don't find him to be an elite player again. I just think that there's some, Zach Levine enjoys entertaining. Zach Levine enjoys – he does not have that thing. That's why they brought DeMar DeRozan there. I don't think you're going to get a repeat of what you got out of DeMar DeRozan last year. People don't make that skyrocket jump at age 33 and maintain it. I think he can still be a 20-point scorer in the NBA, yeah, but he's not going to be in the MVP conversation for the second year in a row. We're not doing that with DeMar DeRozan. Lonzo Ball probably ain't playing again, maybe in the NBA ever again, which is a tragedy. Um, yes. You know, in basketball, look, I don't nobody come up here talk about David. You don't know what real. Tra- I'm not talking about real tragedies. I'm talking about in the sporting sense. Lonzo Ball was finding a home in Chicago um, yeah. when he was healthy. That was one of the better teams in the league to watch. And you saw once he was gone, they fell apart. Nikola Vucevic is who he is. He will never be more than a mm-hmm. scorer. I think that's all he is. Patrick Williams, what it, it, he has not turned into the player that you thought he would be. I don't think this is a team that when you look at them, they will do other – they couldn't – they'll certainly have the ability to make the playoffs, but I don't think they win a series. The Lonzo Ball thing is really going to – that that killed the chances of the Chicago Bulls because Lonzo Ball allowed Zach Levine to take that next step. 
he would have made things easier for DeMar DeRozan. It would have been easier for Vucevic. You know what I'm saying? Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso is a great defender. He plays hard. You're going to have it every single night. But guess and what? he and Lonzo paired together. Great. When they were on the court together, it worked. Yes. For the scheme, and Lonzo Ball thinks of one thing and one thing only. Controlling that pace and moving it up and up and up. You're going to run. And so Lonzo it's like can run those lanes. And again, Lonzo had turned into one of the better knockdown three-point shooters in the yes. NBA. Catch and shoot. And all we needed was capable. All we needed him to be is capable. Mm-hmm. Not me, knockdown. Now, this was a um, situation where it was um, it, it, it was bonus money. It was found money for the Chicago Bulls. But listening to LeVar Ball in, in an article I read saying that it's nerve damage on his knee. That yeah, time. I don't know if he'll ever play When again. you start talking about nerves... When he says he can't walk down the stairs, it's we're talking about Andrew Tony level disappointment. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like we're talking about Greg Oden. This is what we're talking about with Lonzo Ball. Yeah, and it, it, you can't because the people love to get on social media and say and use that word "washed" all the time. Oh, he's garbage. He's he's this. He's that. But you know something? Basketball is hard. NBA is very very hard. These guys run fast. You got to think quick. You got to cut. You have to react. And the fact is, his knee is not up to that reacting. I don't think, and I think this went back to the days of when he uh, had ankle problems in Los Angeles. I think it was mishandled in LA. Yeah, that's oh, where he was definitely. Oh, absolutely. They had problems in in um in LA dealing with surgeries with a number of players. Scenes. Brandon Ingram. Yes. So. Just because you hear hey, we're doing surgery and all this other stuff, there are certain there's certain love there are things you have to clear with the team when you deal with surgeries. And I don't think I don't think he never got fully healthy from his problems with those shoes and better ball brand shoes or whatever and what they call them, whatever. He never had you gotta have quality shoes to play ball in. And I covered him his last year in LA, and he went through shoes almost Every single half. Mm-hmm. And this is not a PJ Tucker saying, hey man, I want to just change just because I want to I want to style and profile. He had to change it because they were falling apart. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a nerve damage in your knees, that doesn't that you that doesn't heal overnight. That doesn't that's not four to six weeks. We're I talking I, I, months. I don't think he ever plays it. I, I just I if don't ever. I just and, feel we're, like... and we are rooting for him because I like Lonzo Ball. I love his game. I've I always loved the game. He is the best player out of the three. Everybody loves LaMelo, and LiAngelo will, will make G League we'll <laughs> but, Lonzo, but But Lonzo is the better player, and he's the better player for a system because he's always pushing the pace, moving the ball up, playing the right way. And the fact and the Pelicans gifted him with a form on his jump shot, the sky was the limit for him, and the, and the Bulls knew it. That's why they gave him that big contract. But right now, I don't think he's going to even be able to play through it. Never. I, yeah, I don't see him playing this year at all, at the very least. I don't think he comes back this year. Um, we go to the Knicks, and again, the Knicks just rearranging deck chairs on the <laughs> Titanic. I mean, Jalen Brunson is not the move. That's not what's going to make you great. R.J. Barrett is a good player. He is not a – he, he is never going to be an all-NBA-type performer. So uh, Julius Randle was one of the most inefficient scorers in the entire NBA last year, uh, and people still think that he's got some kind of value and you've overpaid for him. 
you are, and they have a coach who refuses to play the three best players on the team or the guys who I think have the biggest upside and Obi Toppin, who actually shows that the offense works when he's on the floor, even though it's getting annoying seeing him to do the East Bay dunk every damn time he gets an open floor. But the Dolphins does do better when he's on the floor. They don't play Emmanuel quickly enough at the right position, especially they try to turn him into a point guard instead of letting him be another type Jamal Crawford type instant offense player. Though so nobody's as skilled as Jamal Crawford. We ain't going to ever disrespect the God like that. And then Quentin Grimes, who I really like as well, who doesn't get the kind of run that he should. And Mitchell Robinson, who, yeah, had a great preseason, but we know what happens when, it, when the season starts. They don't let him do anything. They turn Mitchell Robinson back in to just get those boards, get those blocks. You ain't getting no no shots. And I think Mitchell Robinson has shown he can knock down a mid-range shot. Mitchell Robinson has shown if you give it, leave him open, he can knock down a three. Mitchell Robinson has shown he can do more than just be in the pick and roll. I think he can turn over the right and left shoulder and knock down a jump hook every now and then if you let him work, you know, work if you do it properly against the right matchups. But – I, I just think that this Knicks team, again, they might win 35 to 38 games and have people thinking that they have a chance to make in the playoffs or getting into the to, to plan, and that's fine. But this is still a trash team and a trash organization, and they ain't going nowhere. Okay. Uh, I want to apologize to my mother, uh, Lois Agnes, because she's going to be listening to this and she's going to get mad at me. Okay. With that being said, the New York Knicks have no idea what they're, gonna, what they're doing. They really don't. This, this, is the, this is the Los Angeles Lakers East. They will sell wolf tickets to you, the New York Knicks fan base, saying, you know something, we got Mitchell Robinson. We traded half of our stash of first-round picks for Jalen Brunson, who uh, is a seventh man at best on a Dallas Mavericks team who just happened to get hot for three weeks. And you're playing off Luka. And you're playing off off Luka. Luka Luka made you that money. Yes. Like Jalen right Brunson's good with, player. Right, right, right with, with Finney Smith and uh, Jason Kidd was the coach. Okay. But y'all bought that. Y'all watched the NBA. Y'all watched the NBA playoffs on TNT, like on ESPN, like the rest of us, and say, hey, you know something? We're going to build our franchise around him. And let's hire his daddy, too. So this ought to tell you what's going on. They're they are hamstrung for at least 10 to 15 years. Nobody's going to take Julius Randle because Julius Randle feuded with his coach. He feuded with the fan base. He put his thumb down. He had to apologize. He doesn't he play defense. Booed. He doesn't play a lick of defense. Turns he it does over. that same jab step 17 times. He turns and it over. And does constantly. that little fade away from, the, from, from 15 to 17 feet. Won't get back on defense. And we're not even going to get into Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau still thinks Derrick Rose is the still is the MVP of the of the NBA. Still. And Derrick Rose is a 34-year-old quality backup point guard. That's what Derrick Rose with, is. With knees of a 97-year-old. And what you are, they are they still keep putting Derrick Rose on the front of materials like he he matters like that. And if he does, you are a bad basketball team. Exactly. In other words, he really thinks that. Derrick Rose is going to dunk on Goran Dragic again. He's going to cross over Andre Miller and make him fall. He's going to just go ahead and jump up and just dunk on LeBron James. He's going to do fadeaways from 30 feet to win games. This is the Derrick Rose that Tom, that, 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 that Tom Thibodeau sees it. Yeah, when he closes sees his eyes. Every single night to get used to it. And he's already penciled in for 25 minutes. And he's going to be in the closing lineup. 
So I'm telling you that right now. So Knicks fans, do what me and David did. Leave. Leave. Just, just go somewhere else, man. Let it go. I still, I'm down. I'm down to the Detroit Pistons or the Miami. I took the, I I took the Pistons. Run. I took the Pistons. I might go, be rolling with you. So we're going to get to the Pistons. First, we got to talk about the Wizards. Um, I think the Wizards are, again, a collection of, of some interesting players. Um, but I don't, again, I don't view Bradley Beal as an elite player in this league. I view him as a very good scorer. But oh. He's not a floor lifter. Oh. Do you think Bradley Beal makes a team automatically a playoff contender just from his existence? No, he doesn't. I think he can build this team. But oh, I think, I think, for, with I this, think with this, this team, group, but I'm saying this group is a collection, a good collection of yes. talent. You have guys, if Porzingis is healthy, you're not asking him to be well, 25. I mean, but you're not asking him to be 25 points Porzingis. And he looked really good. Uh, Porzingis, another dude that looked really good in the summer overseas in the European championships. Porzingis yeah. looked really, really good. And he was doing other things rather than just hanging out by the three-point line. He was going back into the basket again like he did when he first got to the Knicks. Now, again, that knee is never going to be right. You're always going to have to limit his t- his time on the floor, and you can't play him more than 25 minutes a night, I don't think, to get a high level of play out of him. But the, like you said, Kyle Kuzma, I love my, I like Monty Morris. I like Will Barton. I like Rui Hachimura. I like um, Thomas uh, Bryant up front. I like a lot of their players. I just don't know if there are there's enough mix of real veteran power and upside youth. I think that they are a a, a very solid mid grade team. You know what I mean? Well, like you they, know something, that's they an go, improvement though. Yeah, but that was an improvement because guess what? The biggest the, the the biggest thing they wanted to do was a get out of John Wall's con out from under John Wall's contract right? and Russells <laughs> and Russells. <laughs> And they have play. And look, Kyle Kuzma has a has a has a movable contract. KCP can take this call with a movable contract. Oh, they have so players they, have they can get better with flexibility. I know we they have a plan. They know that you know something. We're going to play hard. We're going to develop our talent. We're going to we got our base right here, and we're just going to give them eighty two games to continue to improve under a system that we have. And then, you know something, we have a star player that's going to put fannies in the seats, Bradley Beal. The guy can still shoot. And more importantly, Bradley Beal wants to be there. Yes, he does. So that already makes them a little bit better than the Brooklyn Nets. Because Kevin Durant Well, I think everybody who's on that roster right now wants to be in Washington. I Very think everybody well. in that team wants to be there. And like I said, they're an interesting collection of talent, but I just don't think that they have – they don't have that guy because Bradley Beal's not that guy. You know, he's a very good player, but he's not that guy. And if you're going to be a championship contender, that's you got to have one of those people, an, an MVP candidate. They don't have that yet, but they do have a, they, they are going to be a problem. I don't, they are multi dimensional offensively. And I mm-hmm. think that their bigs can really defend. I think they have, you know, Daniel Gafford. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. I love that dude. So I'm, I'm not saying, I don't think the Wizards are a bad team at all, but I think that they're, they're very medium. They're like very, very they're doing. They're building for two to three years down the line. Mm-hmm. But this Some year is all we can talk about. Because that's all you want. Sometimes you just want a team to say, you know something, we're going to compete. If they stabilize. Yeah, if you can stabilize that team this year, because that's been the thing. They have not been stable, like you said, because whether it was injuries or whether, you know, what or all the trauma going on with John Wall, figure out what you were going to do with him and all this. You, all that is over now. You have your coach, you have your players. You have a shot to do something, and I think the Wizards, they, they you know, I think they they do make the play in. I think that they certainly do. Yeah. Um, I just don't know where they fall in that because it's the East. The Hornets, but man, I think that's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah, that's, that's good. 
a year ago, we would have been talking about the Hornets as a team on the rise. Now we're talking about what the hell is happening with the Hornets. And I think you, you, you're you at the position now where I think um, LaMelo's going to be asking out. I think LaMelo's going to ask to leave. He ain't, first of all, we know he ain't got all that love for Jordan. We know that, right? You know, remember the whole thing was like, yeah, all right, you Michael Jordan when they met. He was like, okay. You know, like he wasn't particularly impressed because he's LaMelo Ball. And then on top of that, he looks around him. And you telling me now he and Terry Rozier do not get along. We know this, no. and they are not suited to play together. No, up front, I like PJ Washington, but he's a six man. He shouldn't be a starter. You know what I mean? And they don't. They have no interior presence really in the front court. Gordon Hayward, you counting he's on done. Gordon Hayward? I'm sorry, he's done. You, he's you know done. what I'm saying? Like Miles Bridges. Ever since he broke his leg, it, forget it. And his and his head too, Miles um, Bridges. Stop it! I'm, I'm, I mean, everywhere you know, listen, Miles, bro, you had the whole world in your hands and you blew it. And then you know you, you get another arrest this week with with Book Knight. James Book Knight gets arrested. So you have a team, and then you go into the off season. You don't have a coach. You hire a coach. He comes over to check it out and says, "Oh no, hell no, I don't want none of this." He leaves. And you end up hiring a dude you fired five years ago. What, 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 I mean, three years ago. What the hell? What the what the hell? What how did Look, the man, Hornets? Did, wait, 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 you know something? You graduated from Wake Forest, right? Uh-huh. Do you know North Carolina? Right. I graduated from Winston State. Right. I live in Charlotte right now. Why don't we just go ahead and just write a letter to Michael Jordan and say, look, give us a shot. You just hand us a million dollars a piece. Over five a million dollars a piece a year, five years, and we can turn this around because this is not going to. The only reason, and I'm going to tell you, you remember when they were the Bobcats mm-hmm. and they were like seven and three hundred and forty-seven million for the season. Mm-hmm. You remember the coach was Paul Silas, mm-hmm. and he was just standing there just to make sure the building didn't burn down. Just- That's what Steve Clifford is right now for the Charlotte Hornets. I have never seen a franchise dissolve. I mean, this is not even the Portland Trailblazers. They they were on the verge of being the next it team. Like everybody, I was, I was like, should the Hornets be my team? I'm CTV. And now everybody, I told anybody that would listen, you better get your season tickets now because in a couple of years, you're not going to get into you're not going to get into the, uh, the spectrum center. You're not getting in. I could not have been more wrong a day in my life. But you know who's taking their place as that team? The Pistons. The Pistons are taking you know their place as the team on the rise because they're professionals. They don't have they don't have a they don't have a, a record. How can how can you not love the Pistons young core? Now, now some of these guys are going to have to again. You can't raise. I've said this with the Pelicans, and I've been. I, I still believe it. You can't raise six kids all at once in a, an NBA franchise. You can't do it. You got to decide which ones are your favorites, and some mm-hmm. of them you got to let go of and get some older children. I want you to remember. Wait a minute. I want you to remember that every time you start dogging out Garrett Temple. I want you to stop that, man, because you're right. Somebody has to be in the locker room to uh to, 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 to raise them six kids, yeah. okay? So I want you to remember that during the season when you dogging Garrett Temple out. Love you, Garrett. You my man, bro. Keep doing your thing. So you got Cade Cunningham, 
you know, yeah. uh, Sadiq Bay, who I love as well. Isaiah Stewart, um, very good. Jaden Ivey looks better than I thought he would look even coming out of the draft. Jaden Ivey looks mature with his yeah. game. Jalen yeah. Duran has a lot of upside. We're going to see how he develops in the front court. They've got things to learn. But I think, you know, if you let this – if this, and they have a good coach, the right coach for them in Dwayne Casey who's going to teach them how to be professional basketball players, who's going to teach them how to compete. And they seem to have figured out, hey, they're another one of these teams that says we want to be part of the city. These are dudes who are out in the community. They are trying to figure out the temperature of Detroit. And in any city, when the team has the temperature of the city, when the team is the is, is feeling the vibe, those teams tend to be more successful. It's just how it is. With the, the best teams in your, your franchise's history, whomever they are, the city was connected with them in some way. And I think that the Pistons are working on all those things. Of course, they're not going to win a lot of games this year. They're too young to win a lot of games. But the Pistons are going to be really exciting to watch. And the Pistons are going to be really fun to see develop. And what I do like, and more, and more, more importantly, I like Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's going to be that tough guy to protect the young guys. And let's throw Killian Hayes in there too. Killian Hayes needed to hey, find your jumper, bro. I need you to go to Walmart and buy one. But the pressure's but if off he of him get a too. Jump shot and get stronger. Killian Hayes is nice. Oh yes, he, he can run. All, he and, and what I always say when you're a point guard, can you run an offensive set? Killian Hayes can do that. This is a guy that can run and and and. And the other play, other his teammates are going to trust him enough to make that cut, hard cut to the basket and whatnot, and know that there's a good chance the ball is going to be there. Yep. He's a, a guy, but the main thing with Killian Hayes, I need him to do is be able to knock down a consistent 15 to 17 foot jump shot because it's not, it's not there yet. Yes. But it'll come and get a, a floater. A, yeah. Get a floater. Yes. If you if he can do that, that team is going to be fun to watch. And like you said with Dwayne Casey. He is, listen, the Toronto Raptors are not the Toronto Raptors that we all know and love. We all love Nick Nurse, but it all started with Dwayne Casey. This guy knows how to develop talent, and that's what he's there for, to develop the talent, blow it up, blow up, get rid of them, um, th- those big contracts, bring in young talent, give them three to four years on the job, a la what Golden State Warriors did when all the stars were hurt and give them that time to develop and learn the system. That's a team that say, hey, you know something, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take our lumps. They're going to get on-the-job experience, and when they finally figure it out together in a system, then we're going to start getting that superstar to put and bring us over the top. Yep. Yep. It's, they're going to figure out who the guys are, and that's what it takes. It takes a couple years to figure out who are the guys that we're going – because you can only build around two or three. You know, you have to decide. And then the rest of those guys, you got to move around and you just hope that they have enough value, like you said, to give you those other pieces that you need to move forward. Because some of these guys are going to, you know, you want them to all be good, but there ain't Mm -hmm. enough minutes for all of them to be good in the way that they want to be themselves. Um, Indiana, throw them in the trash. I mean, like there's nothing good to say about Indiana. Nothing. You know something? The only thing, the only thing that kept uh, Indiana relevant is uh, Russell Westbrook, Buddy Heald, and Miles Turner. Because I've heard that rumor all summer long and everybody is tired of it. happening. I I just don't understand what, what that does for Indiana. Indiana can tank if you bring in Russ, the problem is Russ going to try to win games by himself. And he, we've mm-hmm. seen that he can drag you behind the 10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the problem. And you, you can't be having Russ trying to drag you to 10 when you're the Pacers and you're trying to get a number one draft pick. The Pacers yeah. are in – are in. we're not obvious tanking. 
because they do have enough NBA quality players in TJ Warren, Karis LeVert. You got guys who you recognize on that roster, so it's not obvious tanking, but they 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 want a high pick. That's the Pacers are in dire need of a high pick. And the and you know those contracts of Miles Turner and Buddy Hield are very movable. And, and if you're gonna what, do that, you want real draft picks. Yes. Like you want legitimate draft picks. And that's the yes. thing is you look around the NBA and and nobody's gonna know until after the all-star break. And right and the trade deadline is gonna be right up on that again, as it is. You're not gonna know when teams are really trying who's at the top what they need. And and we'll get into that because the tough the teams up at the top that we've already talked about. What do you want from Indiana? Who who are you if are if you're the Nets? What do you have to give to get Miles Turner? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're the Nets and you say we need somebody to help protect the rim, what do you have to give up to get Miles Turner? Nothing. So and what does yeah, Philly have? Well, to you give gave up? him away. You gave all of them away to get James Harden. And what does Philly have to go get it? You know, to go get another shooter and try to get Buddy Hill. Philly ain't, Philly ain't got nothing to get Buddy Hill, and ain't got no picks. None of these people have picks. All the picks are gone. The only team in the East with picks is the Knicks and Orlando. They're the only two teams that got picks right now. You know, like abundance of them that you could trade to. And if you're the Knicks again, the Knicks can't trade for Miles Turner. The Knicks don't have. You can't trade for Miles Turner. They don't have. They don't have any salary room to be doing that stuff. And don't have the playing time. And they can't trade for Buddy Hill because he doesn't fill a role for them. So where are you going to get picks from in the West? There are no picks anywhere in the West. I mean, in the East for Indiana. So it's going to be hard to move those guys. I think you know. I, you, you if you do, you're going to be selling them for less than what they're worth. And they're going to go. Uh, I, think, I think really what's going to happen is they're going to renounce their contracts at the end of the year. That's it. They'll they'll, they'll go away quietly. I think that's the better thing because I don't think there's a great deal out there for them right now. Maybe maybe there's an injury that happens and it becomes, but today I don't know where the value is. Lastly, the Orlando Magic. Again, Orlando, we've been talking about Orlando for how long, though? Jonathan Isaac, when was the last time Jonathan Isaac played a basketball game? Hasn't it been like three years for him? Uh, Has it been like three <laughs> years since the last time Jonathan Isaac <laughs> I like when the last the last, like thing, the last thing I remember of Jonathan Isaac, he he, he had that the controversial bubble? statement. The bubble is the, the last controversial thing. statement in the bubble. That's it. But I mean, I like Wendell Carter. I like Jalen Suggs. I don't like Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony thinks he's better than he is. Um Franz Wagner, I like. I I am not a big Paolo Banchero fan. I think Paolo Banchero is talented, but I saw him play a couple times up close, and I think he's a bit of a soft dude. I think Paul's uh, a bit of a soft dude. Uh, 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 all right, now we, all right. Here we got this. Is gonna be a, this is another wait and see between us. All right, brother. So I don't love Paulo. I just I don't. didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You know something? I really thought this guy was going. One, he's from Duke, and you know sometimes, man, it's hit or miss with Duke players. I mean, what what superstar from Duke? That we can really that really comes to mind. I mean, the Pelicans are hoping we got a couple of that. Uh, I mean, yeah, Brand, you 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 may have Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has a shot, and Zion okay, has Harry a shot Irvin, if he's healthy. Irvin, we've already talked about. I mean, you can go back as far as Grant Hill. Grant Hill got hurt. Uh, Carlos Boozer. Yeah. I just didn't like the way I didn't like. I mean, you know, I was at the Final Four. Um, I was there, and I watched Ben Cheryl take himself out of that game. The way he played. And that was the last game. You know what I'm saying? Like the motivation. This is going to be K's last, Coach K's last game, and it's against Carolina. And I watched Paulo Benchero just take himself out of that game. 
I didn't think he was the best Duke player on the floor in that I'm game. Gonna say, I'm going to say something in this podcast that might irritate some people, but he reminds me a lot of Jaleel Okafor. Mm. During the draft, that's what I thought. I mean, look, Duke, the Duke, the, that Duke system can make any superstar look good. I mean, we know J.J. Reddick is, is that dude, and he played a long time in the NBA. He could flat out shoot the rock. But when he was playing with Duke, we all thought he was all world. And then he got to the NBA and he turned into a specialist overnight. So I'm really, I'm really worried. I think he's better than I thought he was on draft night. So I'm going to say, I mean, I, don't, say, I, don't, I, I think he's talented. The skills there, I just, I just don't like his, I, I think that he, he seems like a dude who thinks he's already arrived. You know what I mean? Like he, he gives me that vibe that I don't have to work that hard. I, I got this. Give him two weeks. Give him two weeks. So and I want to see him. He's going to get that cold ice bucket of water. I hope Believe so. me when I tell you in a couple of weeks, because the Orlando Magic, I think, what I think, I mean, really the star that's going to put the fans in the seat is going to be Bobo. So, man. Uh, or, I'm so Orlando, tired. I'm Orlando. so tired of hearing about Bobo, bro. I don't want to hear no more about Bobo. I don't hear no more about Bobo. I don't want to hear nothing else about Bobo. Because before before Victor Wimbayana, who actually can play basketball, we've seen him play a number of games. They was yeah, talking, yeah. acting like Bobo Bo was that. I ain't never seen Bobo. Bo I don't Victor know. What, I don't, look, look, look. Sometimes, hey, listen. We as we've seen over the over over this past summer, all media ain't good media. I, ain't, I don't want to hear no like, more. Sometimes, about Bo Bo. yeah. Some people be saying things, and I'll just be going, you know, some. How many regular season you. games is Bobo Bo appeared in? He's not going to play. He's not going to play. Where's this medical? Taco Fall been in more games than, than Bo Bo. He plays behind Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the league. He's not getting in. The, he's not going. Now, look, one thing I can say about Bo Bo, and I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for you, man. Listen, to me, listen to me. On I mean, the I'm rooting for anybody to do well. If he can just, if he can just, if he can just get his attitude right. Now, I know his attitude can get funky at times when he don't get the minutes. But you know something, maybe a change of, maybe a change of scenery and an opportunity to play because he's going to be able to. Where's play. he gonna get? Where's Bobo gonna get opportunity to play? Well, one, Wendell Carter is not gonna play no no eighty two games, man. Can you count on him for an entire for an entire season? But you can't. But you're not playing Bobo at center. Bo, he wants to play small forward. He wants to play out on the perimeter. He don't want to play center. They gonna bring him in there. He's gonna get some minutes. He has an opportunity. At least he has an opportunity for minutes. He look. He had about the same amount of opportunity as we did behind playing behind Nikola Jokic in Denver. He wasn't gonna we'll play. See. We'll see. We gonna see. This is what we gonna we'll see. see. I'm rooting for you, Bobo. But the fact of the matter is that this argument we're having about the Orlando Magic is the only discussion we have to have about the Orlando Magic because they're not going anywhere. This is a 19 win team at best. Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's no reason to have faith. Um, let's take a quick pause. We're gonna take a pause here, and we're gonna break this into two parts. Uh, finish with the East, uh, and then go on to the West. But before we do that, I think uh, just to wrap up, who do who do you think is going to be the team to emerge from the East, and do you think that they win the championship? Um, I'm put, I'm pushing all my eggs in uh, in one basket. It's gonna be the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks are the better better team. Uh, they run their front office better than anybody else right now. There's no distractions. The only thing they have to do is make sure Chris Middleton is ready for the playoffs. Make sure that knee is ready to go. If he does, I'm telling you something right now, they're going to be tough to beat. 
Are they going to the finals? Absolutely. Because you know Giannis Antetokounmpo has got has brought something. We don't know what it is yet. Maybe he's a better free throw shooter. Did you see him Maybe shooting threes? At the, did, did you see him shooting threes at the European Championships? Yes, and, and you know he's working on a three, and he's going to work on a more consistent mid range shot. So that's going to that's a guarantee. I think they very much could be like the Golden State Warriors last year. You finished third in the in the conference because they, like you said, managing those Middleton minutes and trying to see how he, you know, you don't want to rush him back, like you said, and make sure that he's healthy for the stretch mm-hmm. run. They're, they're a team that should be better on the second half of the season. Like the Bucks are going to try to stay. You want to stay within range of number one and number two. But I think the and the Bucks know that they can beat those teams. The Bucks know defensively they are better than any of those teams that they're at when they're when they're on. There's nobody who's a better defensive team in the East than the Bucks. Nobody. And I and I will say this: they're going to find that final piece around the trade deadline. And they got they pieces to give too. Yeah, they've got pieces to move too. They've got some guys that you could that you could possibly add to that group. And but I think that's a that, that team is good. It's really good. Yes. And you got the best player in the league until until you tell me somebody got to show me otherwise. Winning the championship didn't make Steph Curry the best player in the league. Giannis is still the best. Giannis and Jokic are the two best players in this league, and and it's that it's it's depending on the day is which which one I'll take. But it's Giannis and Jokic, and that's and, it's that simple. And you know we don't do Twitter. Mm-hmm. We saw that dude drop fifty in a closeout game for the NBA Finals, and, and then look at the camera after he dunked on Chris Paul was all I needed to see. And this dude is going to work harder. And if the star works hard, everybody has to fall in line. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to take this pause. And like I said, we'll be right back with part two of this NBA preview with me, David Grubb, and my man, Ronald Davis. 